February 19th, 2013, a body was recovered in a water tank atop the Cecil Hotel in downtown LA. It was later identified as that of Elisa Lam, also known by her Cantonese name, Lam Ho Yi. A uh, Canadian student at the University of British Columbia in Vancouver. She'd been staying at the hotel when she was reported missing at the beginning of the month. A maintenance worker discovered the body when investigating guest complaints of problems with the water supply and pressure. Now, this is a very, very strange case. And we're going to tackle it a little bit differently. <laughs> um, I don't know, the, the way that we examine this. It's, it's one of the strangest things I've ever heard, one of the strangest things I've ever seen. And we do have some video to uh, kind of go along with this story here. We'll explain. Her disappearance had been widely reported. Interest had increased five days prior to the discovery of her body when the LAPD released a video of the last time she was known to have been seen on the day of her disappearance. It was... Uh, elevator security camera that was in the hotel. In the footage, she's seen exiting and re-entering the elevator, talking and gesturing in the hallway outside, and sometimes seeming to hide within the elevator, making very strange movements with her hands. And uh, we'll dive into the video uh, in, in a little bit, but just giving you kind of the gist of it right now. Video went viral, <laughs> as all of you know. With many viewers reporting, they found it very unsettling, including myself. Explanations ranged from claims of the paranormal involvement to bipolar disorder, for which Lamb was taking medication for. It had also been argued that the video was altered prior to release. Mm. The circumstances of Lamb's death, once she was found, also raised questions, especially in light, uh, especially right in light of the hotel's history in relation to other notable deaths and murders. Cecil Hotel has quite the reputation. Does this have anything to do with the case? I don't know, but it's very interesting. Many deaths and murders have taken place during this hotel's tenure, the first being January 22nd, 1977. And it just goes on and on and on. We should probably, <laughs> at one point, right, make, uh, and Elisa Lamb's not the last, we should probably make it a strange episode just based on the Cecil Hotel. Really strange stuff, linked from everybody from Richie Ramirez to the Black Dahlia. But back to Elisa Lam. Her body was naked, with most of her clothes and personal effects floating in the water near her. Not okay. <laughs> I want to dive into specific things, but we got to get the uh, facts of the case out first. It's it's a weird one. It took the L.A. County Coroner's office four months after repeated delays to release the autopsy report, which reports no evidence of physical trauma and states that the manner of death was accidental. Guests at the Cecil, now rebranded as the Stay on Main Hotel, I guess in an effort to uh, wash over its uh, reputation, <laughs> sued the hotel over the incident, and Lamb's parents filed a separate suit later that year. The latter was dismissed in 2015. Some of the early internet interests noted what were concerned to be unusual similarities between Lamb's death and the 2002 horror film Dark Water. There are some bizarre similarities to that film. The case has since been referenced in international popular culture. It was a subject of Crime Scene, The Vanishing at the Cecil Hotel, four-part 2021 Netflix docuseries, which I suggest you watch. It's pretty good. Now, the film Dark Water 
is really, uh, <laughs> again, another thing that I don't know if it ties to the case or not, but it's a 2002 Japanese film. I haven't seen it, but a quick dive into IMDb says that the plot follows a divorced mother who moves into a rundown apartment with her daughter and experiences supernatural occurrences, including a mysterious water leak from the floor above, which we find out is from a body in the water tank. Pretty weird. Now, Elisa Lam was the daughter of immigrants from Hong Kong. She was a student at the University of British Columbia, as I said, although she was not registered at the beginning of 2013. For her trip to California, she traveled alone on Amtrak and inner city buses. She visited the San Diego Zoo and posted photos taken there on social media. On January 26th, she arrived in L.A. After two days, she checked into the Cecil, and uh, it's right near downtown Skid Row. It's like right there. Lamb uh, was initially assigned to a shared room, and this is important, I think, on the hotel's fifth floor. However, her roommates complained about uh, what the hotel's lawyer would later describe as certain odd behavior. And Lamb was moved to a room after uh, of her own after two days. But as business, uh, as a business hotel in the 1920s, the Cecil faced significant financial difficulties during the Great uh, Depression of the 30s. Never recaptured its original market, and the neighborhood around it, as we know, eventually decayed in the latter decades. Overseas, I guess, people still see the uh, former reputation that it's that it's had. But uh, the Cecil Hotel is, uh, you know, even after changing their name to Stay on Main, that's a stone's throw away from Skid Row. I mean, there have been suicides, uh, one of which killed a pedestrian outside the front entrance of the hotel. Um, after recent renovations, it's tried to market itself as a boutique ho- hotel, but the reputation lingers. The Cecil will reveal to you whatever it is you're a fugitive from says Steve Erickson, a journalist who spent a night in the hotel after Lamb's death. Interesting choice of words there. The Cecil will reveal to you whatever it is you are a fugitive from. Among the reputation around Skid Row, a lot of people, even homeless, who are offered rooms there, you know, to get back on their feet, refuse to stay at the Cecil, believing that it's some kind of supernatural mirror. In mid-2020... Well, let's get back to this here, because I think this is an important piece of information. Lamb had been diagnosed with bipolar disorder and depression. She was prescribed four medications, Wilbutrin, Lamictal, I can't pronounce the shit. (laughs) So she was diagnosed with bipolar disorder, multitude of medications to treat the disorder. Including, including, um, according to her family, who supposedly kept her history of mental illness a secret, Lamb had no history of suicidal ideations or attempts. Although one report claimed she had previously gone missing for a brief period. In mid-2010, she began a blog named Ether Fields on Blogspot. Over the next two years, she posted pictures of models in fashionable clothing and accounts of her life, particularly her struggle with mental illness. In a January 2012 blog post, she lamented that a relapse at the start of the current school term had forced her to stop uh, several classes and drop them, leaving her feeling, and I quote, so utterly directionless and lost. She titled her post, You're Always Haunted by the Idea You're Wasting Your Life, after a quotation from novelist Chuck... I suck with names, guys. I suck with them. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I guess that's my thing. 
she used that quote as an uh, epigraph for her blog. Right. She worried that her transcript would look suspicious with so many withdrawals that it would result in her being unable to continue her studies and attend graduate school. She suffered with this. After two years, well, let's say a little over two years, Lamb had started blogging. She announced she would be abandoning her blog for another site um, on Tumblr, Novelle Novo, she called it. Its content mostly consisted of fashion photos, quotes, and a few posts in Lamb's own words. Same quotation was used as an epigraph. Now, the disappearance. little background on her. Now we get into the meat. Lamb contacted her parents in British Columbia every day while she was traveling. On February 1st, 2013, the day she was scheduled to check out of the CISO and leave for Santa Cruz, her parents did not hear from her and called the LAPD. Her family flew to LA to help with the search. Now, I often think about the CISO hotel and what people overseas kind of misinterpret about the Cecil. Mm. I can tell you for one thing, people in California won't stay there. <laughs> they won't. It's a place for the desperate. I know, I used to grow up near that area. Cecil Hotel is quite the reputation. But it used to be known as, you know, one of the best hotels on earth, right? And then I could imagine if you're overseas and you see all this, you know, stay on the main garbage, especially now, it looks like, you know, just any other nice hotel. You wouldn't know that it's, you know, <laughs> um, the smell of Skid Row goes up to the fifth floor. You, you know what I'm saying? Now, hotel staff, who, uh, uh, hotel staff who saw Elisa Lamb that day said she was alone. Outside the hotel, Katie Orphan, manager of a nearby bookstore, was the only person who recalled seeing her that day. She was outgoing, lively, friendly. She was getting gifts to take home to her family. Orphan told CNN she was talking about the book she was getting and whether or not what she was getting would be too heavy for her to carry around as she traveled. Police searched the hotel to the extent that they legally could. They searched Elisa Lamb's room. They had dogs go through the building, including the rooftop, but the dogs were unsuccessful in detecting her scent. They didn't search every room, they said. We could only do that if we had probable cause to believe a crime had been committed. On February 6th, a week after Lamb had been seen, the LAPD decided more help was needed. Flyers with her image were posted in the uh, surrounding neighborhood and online. It brought the case to the public's attention through the media. On February 15th, after another week with no sign of Elisa, the LAPD released a video of the last known sighting of her taken in one of the CISO's elevators by a video surveillance camera on February 1st. In approximately two and a half minutes of footage, Lamb alone makes unusual moves and gestures, leaving the elevator at one point while its doors remain open, even after she appears to have pressed every button. When the doors fail to close after she returns, she leaves. The doors close later after she walks out of frame. The video drew worldwide interest in the case due to Lamb's odd behavior and has been extensively analyzed and discussed. Now... <clears throat> There are several theories here. <laughs> One was that Lamb was trying to get uh, the elevator car to move in order to escape from someone who was pursuing her. She looks terrified. And she's often peeking out the elevator and uh, like somebody's following her. Others suggest that she might be under the influence of ecstasy or some other party drug, except none was detected in her body, which we'll get to. Normally, this would just be a person of, you know, missing person thing, odd video, but someone suffering from severe bipolar disorder 
we wouldn't even make an episode about it, but it gets weirder. And then when you think it's gotten weird enough, it gets weirder. When her bipolar disorder became known, the theory that she was having a psychotic episode also emerged. Other viewers uh, argued that the video had been tampered with before being made public. Besides the obscuring of the timestamp, they claimed, parts had been slowed down and nearly a minute of footage is gone. This could have done to protect the identity of someone who otherwise uh, would be in the video, either related to the disappearance. This thing's happened. Maybe in order to, um, you know, maybe somebody had entered the elevator at one point, police ruled them out as a suspect, what have you. But I think um, I've seen this video many times. Many times. I've analyzed it myself, but I think we should play it right now here. I should play it right now here and give you kind of a run-through of what's going on. If you haven't seen it, you need to. It's one of the weirdest. It just gives you, uh, there's just something ominously creepy about it. So to give you kind of a run-through, elevator door opens. I'm watching it right now. She walks into the elevator, pressing the buttons and stuff. Already kind of an odd gesture, um, and I think it's 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 uh, interesting to analyze this video right here as we're doing this, to get it fresh, you know. Okay, now I need to pause it right here. So she gets eye level with the buttons. Well, already kind of weird. <laughs> Usually you just look down and you press the fucking thing. She had to get, like, eye level with them, which is weird. She stands in the elevator. Doors do not close. This is bugging me. She's standing there way too long for the doors to not be closed. Now, look at it. It's weird. She gets this uh, what-the-hell's-going-on-look on her face a little bit, and she peeks outside the elevator really quick, darts back in, and she's standing there just stone, just stoic. She presses herself in the corner of the elevator, kind of peeking out. And then, she, yeah, she goes and uh, steps out, peeks out to the right again, and stand, lingers there for another minute, whereas the first time she kind of backed off really quick. She takes a step out, very cautious looking. And then she throws her other foot out. She's taking some odd steps. Okay, like th this is weird to me, and we'll get to this in a minute. The movements that she's making remind me a lot of the elevator game. And we'll get to that. It's a paranormal game that people play, kind of a Ouija boardy thing, or you know, Bloody Mary. You know, it's it's a thing, uh, a game, paranormal game made to you know scare you or whatever. What it is, I guess we'll get into it because this is important. Because uh, Elisa takes a very uh, calculated and purposeful sidestep to her left, and then back, like almost in a complete, uh, kind of like making a square. It seems to me like she's doing things that were steps, right? She's doing things that are on a list, like you have to step this way and you have to press this button, which reminds me a lot of the elevator game. You pick a, a hotel or a building with a certain number of floors, and through a certain series of buttons... Um, the elevator is supposedly supposed to take you to another dimension. And you walk out of the elevator, and it's uh, some kind of uh, you know, a world that looks exactly to ours, but it's an empty void. Nothing exists in it. And at one point, if, uh, and, and you know, to get back home, you have to press the buttons in a very specific way. Can't fuck it up. <laughs> 
And, uh, you know, just how you got there, very specific. And you have to do this sequence on the elevator buttons to get back home. And, uh, you know, just like how you got there. At one point, there's a supernatural entity that could enter the elevator. You're not supposed to converse with it. Something like that. Um, just upon, okay, this is what we do on Strange Places, right? We look at these weird things and these odd happenings and these paranormal things, and then we just fucking use some common sense, right? That's what we do. We don't want so much for something to be what people think it is that we just lose our sense of, you know... The realm of paranormal and supernatural study these days is really lacking that. And I think that's why this podcast exists. You know, we need to look at things with some common fucking sense. And this doesn't make sense to me at all. Not in a confusing, strange way. Even though what's happening on this elevator is really odd. Her standing in there way too long for the doors to not close. Peeking outside of it, her odd movements, they don't look like random movements to me, at least not in the one-minute mark yet. Or uh, what? Uh, yeah, one-minute mark exactly. They look very purposeful. She looks scared out of her fucking mind, you know, hiding in the corner, pressing herself against the wall, so let's play it. She takes another sidestep to her left, completely out of the shot, kind of ekes back in. Doors are still open, by the way. Yeah, the doors have not closed. She's making these odd movements with her hands. At this point, you could only see her shoulder kind of moving about, but you could tell her hands are above her head. Takes a right. She's messing with her hair kind of like in distress looking, you know. She goes back to the elevator panel. Again, I think this is important. Eye level with it. And I think this is a very uh, important kind of body gesture here. If you, this just seems purposeful to me. This doesn't seem like a woman who's whacked out of her gourd. This seems like somebody who's like, holy shit, you know, just completely panicked. But, but she's getting eye level with the buttons on the elevator. That indicates to me that she's hitting specific buttons that she needs to hit. Or she's paying very, very close attention to the buttons she's pressing. This doesn't look panicked to me. Maybe a little bit later, she starts getting, you know, f panicked and freaked out. And it's okay. So she walks back out, running her hands through her hair again, kind of like in, it, it looks desperate. Now, this is where it gets a lot of people. She's talking to something, but she's moving her hands, fingers completely splayed. And she's moving her hands around her, almost like she's flowing through something. Like she's, uh, it's hard to describe. You could tell she's talking, but she, ugh, it's so weird. By the way, doors have not closed. And she's moving her hands about like she's moving her hands through something, almost as if she's treading water. And no, I don't mean that as a, you know, <laughs> what's going to happen later. That's what it looks like. And then it goes into almost a, a sway kind of dancey motion. She's doing things with her fingers, just weird movements. It almost looks as if she's manipulating an object in her hands that's not there. After the swimmy kind of movements, she walks out of the left of the frame and that is it. That's the end of the video. 
Now, on Feb- it's weird, man. You gotta watch it. On February 15th, after another week with no sign of Elisa Lamb, the LAPD, uh, re- you know, as I said, released this video. She appears to have pressed every button on the elevator. The doors fail to close after she returns. She leaves, and then the doors close. Weird. During the course of this video, with her being in the elevator, out of the elevator, you know how elevators are. <laughs> They're a pain in the ass. The door should have closed three, four times by now, right? It's really strange. During the search for Lamb, now this we get into the body here. It gets weirder. During the search for Lamb, guests at the hotel began complaining about low water pressure. Some later claimed that their water was colored black and had a weird taste to it. On the morning of February 19th, Santiago Lopez, a hotel maintenance worker, found Lamb's body in one of the four 1,000-gallon tanks located on the roof providing water to the guest rooms, a kitchen, and a coffee shop. Through the hatch opening, he saw Lamb lying face up in the water. The tank was drained and cut open since its maintenance hatch was too small to accommodate equipment needed to remove her body. On February 21st, the L.A. coroner's office issued a finding of accidental drowning with bipolar disorder as a significant factor. The full coroner's report released in June stated that Lamb's body had been found naked, clothing similar to what she was wearing in the elevator video. Well, similar or the same? (laughs) That'd be nice to know, right? Weird word there. Anyway, you know, coroner's reports always do that. Coated with a sand-like particulate all over her clothing. And attached to her body as well. An unidentified sand-like particulate. Her watch and room key were also found with her. Her body was moderately decomposed and already starting to bloat. It was mostly greenish, with some marbling evident on the abdomen and skin. Um, sep- you know, abdomen and skin separation was evident. Maybe she was starting to decay, as people would in water. There was no evidence of physical trauma, sexual assault, or suicide. Toxicology tests showed traces consistent with prescription medication found among her belongings, plus non-prescription drugs, nothing heavier than ibuprofen. A very small quantity of alcohol, we're talking 0.02, was present, but no recreational drugs. Investigators and experts have, however, noted that the concentration of her prescription drugs in her system indicated she was under-medicating or had stopped taking her medications recently. That's that's important. Had, was she still taking them? She was either under-medicating or it was still working its way through her system. It was very, very low. The investigation determined how she died, but not uh, initially. Uh, they didn't offer an explanation until uh, as to how she got in the tank in the first fucking place. Doors and stairs that access the hotel's roof are locked, with only staff having the passcodes and keys. Any attempt to force them would supposedly have triggered an alarm. The hotel's fire escape could have allowed her to bypass those measures. Her scent trail was lost near a window that connected to it. But, okay, a video posted to the internet after Lamb's death showed that the hotel's roof was easily accessible via fire escape and that two of the um, lids of the water tanks were open. However, how could she have gotten the tank by herself? All four tanks are a four-by-eight-foot cylinder propped up on concrete blocks. There's no fixed access to them, <laughs> and hotel workers have to have to use a ladder to even get up there. They were protected by heavy lids that would be difficult to replace from within, and when they found her, the lids were closed. That's one thing that nobody uh, remembers about this case, that the lids were closed from the inside. 
how the hell did she get up there for one thing, right? That's eight feet and plus on top of a block, and then she had to close the thing behind her. These lids are heavy, man. The hotel employee found the body said that the lid was open at the time she probably crawled in there. But how the hell could she have closed it from the inside? Police dogs that searched through, uh, through the hotel for Lamb, even on the roof shortly after her disappearance was noted, didn't find shit. No trace of her, as if she had materialized inside that tank. Now, theories arose pertaining to the elevator video. Some argued that she was attempting to hide from a pursuer. It could be. Perhaps someone ultimately responsible for her death, while others said she was merely frustrated with the elevator's apparent malfunction. Seemed to work pretty well after she left. <laughs> and then never had any men, uh, malfunction before or after that. That's one thing that grabs me. No malfunction before or after Elisa Lane was trying to use it. That they, um, you know, some proponents of the theory that she was under the influence of drugs are not dissuaded by their absence from the toxicology screen. We won't even get into that. <laughs> some people say psychotic episode, possibly. The autopsy report and its conclusions were questioned based on the incomplete information. They, it was a terrible report. I am reading it right now. <laughs> and uh, for certain things that I do, other podcasts and other YouTube stuff, I've looked at my share of coroner's reports. I'm no fucking expert, but this one sucks. It doesn't say what the results of the rape kit were. N nor the fingernail kit. No results from that at all. It also records... Uh, uh, what, what what's that word they use? Subcutaneous pooling of blood in her anal area, which, you know, could be a sign of sexual abuse, but it could have resulted from bloating in the course of the body's decomposition. Her rectum was also prolapsed, so there you go. You know, bloating. Even the coroner's pathologist appeared to be ambivalent about the conclusion that Lamb's death was accidental. Since her death, her Tumblr blog was updated, presumably through Tumblr's Q option that allows posts to automatically publish themselves when the user is away. Her phone was not found either with her body in her hotel room. It had been assumed to have been stolen at some time around her death. When uh, Whether the uh, continued updates to her blog were facilitated by the theft of her phone, work of a hacker, or through the Q, we don't know. Nor is it known whether the updates are... Related to her death. Now, her death has been compared to plot elements of Dark Water. I don't. Th I think this is just a coincidence. <laughs> um, it's an American remake of a Japanese film, same name, uh, based on a 1996 short story. Mother and daughter, you know, move to the apartment. Uh, yeah, same, a very, very similar thing. <laughs> Life had imitated art with Dark Water. Um. The creators and films of television shows, you know, have used the Lamb case as inspiration for their own works. It's a all over pop culture. It's all over the place. <laughs> Discover, uh, D Discovery Plus show, Ghost Adventures, investigated Lamb's death on a two-hour special launched. I, I don't trust anything like that. <laughs> Maybe the History Channel put a bad taste in my mouth. In my mouth, I don't know. But <laughs> I have a really hard time looking at these ghost hunters and ghost adventures. You know, those kind of shows. I just, yeah. They put a bad taste in my mouth. That's all about ratings for them. Like the Curse of Oak Island, right? You know they're never going to find shit, but, <laughs> you know, they keep finding, oh my God, we found a speck of dirt that's not supposed to be here. Anyway, the death of Elisa Lamb. What was it? How did it happen? Was it something supernatural? Now, 
a lot of people, including myself, actually, I have to admit it, were taking uh, comparisons to the elevator game, which we're going to look up. Hear my keyboard? <laughs> the elevator game. Okay, let's uh, do, 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 do. let's go through the rules of the elevator game and tell me if you see any similarities here. Uh, let's see. Do, do, do. Let's get past all the bullshit. Okay, here we go. Needed to play one player. <laughs> there are conflicting reports on if it's going to be played with others. Blah blah blah. One player, ten story building with at least one elevator. This allows you to travel to another world. Apparently. Not going to tell you exactly how to play it because if this is legit, I don't be want to be responsible for any you know. <laughs> if this exists, I don't believe. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm not even going to play with that. So anyway, you go in the elevator. You press a series of buttons very specifically. Now, two things might happen during this. If the elevator descends, exit. Do not look back. Do not speak to anybody. If the elevator starts to go up, you'll be allowed into the other world. When you reach the 10th floor, things may look slightly different. Nobody inhabits this plane of existence, apparently. The power might be out. Some players claim to look out windows and see only a red cross in the distance, a glowing red cross in a black void. If you choose to exit the elevator, you should ignore someone who uh, you know is in the who goes on the elevator with you or whatever. You might be questioned or stopped by someone who looks human but is an entity that will, like, eat your soul or some shit. What happens if you talk to the woman in the elevator game? If you've heard one thing about the elevator game from friends or well-meaning strangers on the internet, it's probably not to acknowledge the woman in the elevator under any circumstances. Apparently there's a being that goes on there with you at some point. There's a lot of lore surrounding this part of the game. Some say the woman appears to them as someone they know. Some people swear that even just looking at the woman led to damning consequences. In one case, uh, one person reported that the woman from the other world followed him home. Is any of this true? Test the theory to find out, but I don't recommend it. <laughs> if you choose to stay in the elevator and not explore, you press um, buttons in a, a specific way, <laughs> and uh, you know you exit the game. <clears throat> There are accounts on Reddit, another one, a few YouTube videos where people try the elevator game. Uh, the concept of the game is so freaky and inspired a Korean horror film <laughs> not too long ago. Um, all I'm going to say is when messing with the paranormal, uh, j just don't do it. Uh, even if you don't believe in this kind of thing, I, I just don't see it's very in smart. I, I just, I, I don't see it. You know, things like Devil Face, the Ouija board... Santa Sarita, light as a feather, stiff as a board. Um, concentrate the elevator game. Don't screw with this kind of stuff. <laughs> I just, you know, even if you don't believe in it, don't fuck around with shit like that, man. Just don't. Like the Ouija board stuff like that. Uh, do I believe that Ouija boards are a window into some other thing that allows things to come through? Not necessarily, but I'm not going to fuck with it. <laughs> I'm not going to chance that. I'm not going to play with that, right? I'm not. Because if uh, Ouija boards are a window, you have no control over what comes through it. Yeah? Does the elevator game the same way? Just in my common sense brain, that's what I, uh, that's what I, my, you know, that that's what my brain immediately went to when watching this video. 
it looks like she's constantly the only way that you would get eye level with those buttons is if you're really concentrating on what you're doing if you have to hit those buttons in a specific way the elevator doors do not fucking close the whole time she's in there it's weird and she's found in a water tank on the roof behind two alarmed lock do- lock doors and even if she the water tank was open even if she could get in there there's no way she could have closed it from the inside an unidentified sand particulate all over her body and her clothing there's missing time on the tape which i don't uh i i don't consider that to be odd or weird i think someone probably walked past her at one point and they want to save that person you know any kind of internet ridicule or that's the guy that did it you know how the internet is i'm willing to buy that but uh there's a lot of just weird stuff surrounding her death here how her body got where it was how it was found the movements on the tape if you just look at the tape itself let's even forget the elevator game if you just uh take the tape itself and just look at it this does look like someone who could possibly be in an altered state of consciousness or we got to look at both. It's either she's in an altered state of consciousness or this is somebody who is somewhere terrifyingly unfamiliar to her. The way that she's moving her hands, it doesn't, when I watch it, okay, it doesn't seem like she's out of it or drugged or anything like that. She could be having a psychotic episode, yeah. But her movements, even though panicked, are so exact and purposeful. They don't look random to me. They don't. They look purposeful. The way she's hitting the buttons, the way she gets eye level with them. She's hiding at certain points, pressing herself against the wall, kind of looking in and looking out of the elevator, darting back in. She cautiously gets out, takes very specific steps. I got to tell you guys, the thing that my brain immediately went to was the elevator game, which I don't suggest you play. <laughs> like I said, don't fuck with paranormal stuff, even if you believe in it or not. That's just what my brain went to. Uh, she could have had a uh, 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 psychotic episode, what have you. What would interest me, how many floors does the Cecil Hotel have? Uh, that's what I want to know. How many floors... Does the Cecil Hotel have 14? Okay, so it fits the game. The game stated that it had to have at least 10. There you go. I don't know, man. I, uh, the, <laughs> this is, this is a really bizarre one. Watch the tape for yourself and try to figure this out. But what I've learned with stuff like this, your first instinct is usually the thing that you should go to first. Your first instinct, you're usually right. Or that's the path that you should really go into as far as trying to investigate something. That first impression, right? That first thing that tells you, oh, okay, this is what's going on. Because then anything after that, I think, anything after that first real spark of intuition, you're speculating at that point. You're overanalyzing. And my first intuition that I came to, she's playing the elevator game. She did have a history of bipolar disorder. And this, the stories 
of the neighboring rooms and stuff having issues with their water, it not tasting right and shit. They go to investigate it. They find the dead girl in there. There's no evidence whatsoever that she had been speaking to somebody else, that she had been out with somebody, that, you know, she was murdered, kidnapped, or whatever. No sign of trauma on her body at all. So, death by drowning? Yeah, possibly. Had to have been. It had to have been. She wasn't beaten. She wasn't raped. Nothing. And her body was consistent with, you know, being in the water and bloating and naturally decaying the way that bodies do in water. So what's our take on it? When I look at this case as a whole, when I look at all the evidence here, what does my common sense brain tell me? Like I said, uh, the reason I don't watch Ghost Adventures or Ghost Hunters or any of that stuff, Ancient Aliens, even though it's great stuff and it's a ton of fun, (laughs) just don't buy much into it. Don't buy much into it. Don't take a lot of stock in it, okay? Because common sense is rarely used in the study of the paranormal these days. It's for ratings, and it's for shock value, and it's for people coming back, right? If we're going to debunk something here, we're going to fucking debunk it. I'm not going to come up with anything extra. I'm not going to want something to happen so bad that I'll uh, state just random bullshit to, uh, you know, (laughs) strengthen my case. Every time we've, quote-unquote, proven something on strange places, I think we've come to a logical conclusion. A lot of people probably give me shit for the out-of-body experience episode, but... I have my own evidence there. I can't convince you otherwise. You didn't know William Howard Amos, right? But some things I can just prove, some things we can't. Is the death of Elisa Lamb, where are we on that? Well, mm, really looking at it, she was kicked out of her previous room because her roommate said that she was displaying really odd behavior. That she was, you know, just acting weird. So they put her in another room. She was severely under-medicated. Didn't have a lot of extra shit in her system, so she wasn't drugged. She wasn't out of her mind, which indicates either a psychotic episode. uh, And I would be done with this normally. I would just chalk it up right here, say debunked psychotic episode. But man, why did the elevator malfunction only with her? Why? Why? Why did it not malfunction with anybody else on that day before or after? Hasn't malfunctioned in this manner since. Only Elisa Lam. I don't want to take into consideration tampering with the video. I kind of buy the explanation there. It's logical to me. And plus, I kind of don't need it. It's not a smoking gun thing anyway. It won't be. Why is the elevator malfunctioning? Only when she's there. (laughs) The movements that look so mm, panicked but purposeful. Do I think something supernatural is going on here? Uh, This one is really hard. (laughs) My first instinct tells me something's not right here. And like I said, first instinct is usually correct. But the other side of my brain, the right side of my mind, you guys know the song. (laughs) and if you don't, you ought to, is telling me that this is an inside job, that somebody who had access to the roof, that somebody who works at that hotel had something to do with it. But Elisa had no signs of rape or trauma, so uh, nothing was stolen from her person, nothing was stolen from her, period. Her phone, possibly, but a traveler with all this, uh, you know, money on her and everything. 
what do they have to gain? If it's some kind of sicko that just wanted to, what did they have to gain from her or her physically or her body? I'm, I'm not trying to be gross. I'm just saying, if someone were to kidnap a, even if they're sick in the head, if they were to kidnap a girl and they had do whatever they want with her, uh, I mean, yeah, so a traveler, someone that wouldn't be reported missing for a while, right? Somebody that nobody in the city knew, your perfect victim, okay? What did he get out of it? Just locking her in the tank and letting her drown? Uh, could be. So it's one of two things. It's an inside job. It's somebody who worked at that hotel and um, somebody nobody would suspect, right? He would commit the perfect crime. But no, nothing stolen. No sexual assault. I'm trying to think. I'm not trying to be gross. Like I said, I'm trying to think like a person who would kidnap another person, what they would want. She's a pretty girl. She's young. You know... It's not sexually motivated. It's not motivated by thievery. Could it be motivated just by the simple getting off on locking her in that tank and hearing her scream and pound on the thing? Possibly. But what did the movements in the elevator have to do with that? We have to weigh that in, too. Did he choose her because it was obvious that she was having a psychotic episode, that not all her uh, mental faculties were there? He saw her as weak and easily a victim? That's plausible, very plausible. But in my head, what's just as plausible is the elevator game. It is. <laughs> Her movements are so exact, so bizarre. And for all intents and purposes, she just appeared in that fucking water tank. Weird. <sighs> I think her bipolar disorder has a lot to do with it. But I don't know how. My logical brain... There's just nothing overly paranormal there. Maybe she was playing the elevator game. She could have been. But there's nothing, aside from just weird occurrences here and there, that simply stay. i got to say it, guys. i got to say it. There's nothing that screams paranormal here. We just don't have enough. Yeah, the movements are weird. The elevator game, whatever. Her appearing in that water tank like that, it's weird. But I don't see anything that just leaps paranormal here. If I had to explain the death of Elisa Lamb, as much as I hate to say it, I'm going to say debunked. As far as paranormal, supernatural, I'm going to say debunked. It sounds like it, it. the most logical thing to me is an inside job. There's this woman... Pretty young girl, traveler, not going to be reported missing for a while, doesn't know the city. She's across the street from fucking Skid Row, you know, in a hotel she should not be in. No traveler should be in, honestly. She's making odd movements. She's obviously having a psychotic episode, whatever. Um, could be playing the elevator game and due to her bipolar disorder, you know, she's not clearly, clearly, she's not having a, a good day. You know, I... I can't explain the elevator malfunctioning. The elevator game could. It's just logically, I think it was an inside job. Somebody working at the hotel saw her as weak. A sick individual who didn't want to rape her, didn't want to steal nothing from her, just wanted to kill a person. And that makes sense to me. But on the other hand, the thing that explains, and that doesn't take into account that fucking elevator not closing. Or does it? Missing 
I don't know. We have missing footage from the elevator. Maybe this person uh, knew how to tamper with that elevator to keep her where he needed her on that floor. Right? Makes sense. But if he's tampering with the elevator, he can't do that from the fucking hallway now, can he? Right outside the elevator. That's the thing you got to consider, too. Did he rig the elevator beforehand? There's no video evidence of that. Okay, now my theory's starting to fall apart. <laughs> because there's a lot of things left unanswered when I just say inside job, someone at the hotel, doesn't it? There's a lot of holes there. I didn't realize that. I think the thing that really explains all of it and really puts a lid on all of it is supernatural. The elevator game. I think I'm going to retract my statement here. The first time on the podcast we're doing this. Mm. I'm going to say that she... Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to because the person who works at the hotel, he's not seen on any other video footage. And if he tampered with the elevator, we have to consider that the elevator not opening. We have to factor that in and he can't tamper with the hotel from right in the fucking hallway, 50 feet from her, <laughs> you know, unless he had somebody in on it with him. But now we're, you know what I mean? Now we're stretching. We have to stretch to include every piece of evidence. Whereas, this woman, something supernatural happened here, killed by a ghost, elevator game, stumbled into some other kind of state of whatever, some other part of the multiverse, half here, not half not here, and just appeared in that water tank. Sorry to say, kids, that explains everything. And no piece of evidence we have to stretch, no piece of evidence we have to leave out. I kind of retract my statement now that we're talking about it. The death of Elisa Lamb, I'm not going to debunk. I'm going to say is legit. And if I had to explain it, I don't know. Some paranormal event took her to a place where she was here and not here. She wandered off. Nobody sees her. And she just appears in the tank, right? Maybe with her being in between um, our world or our dimension and somewhere else, she accessed the water tank, right? And then... Yeah, the I don't know, uh, but, but you know that explanation. I don't have to leave anything out. I have to. I don't have to stretch nothing. And that was my first instinct anyway. Yep, gotta say it, guys. The death of Elisa Lamb, I definitely see as paranormal. I really do. So, what's your take on it? What do you think about the death of Elisa Lamb? Did I leave out one crucial piece of evidence? And that could have blown this whole case apart one way or the other. Let me know. Go on asylum817.com. That's asylum817.com. And, uh, you know, click on the button at the top of the page. You'll go right to strange places. Let me know. Send me some shit, right? <laughs> Throw your hat in the ring. Tell me what you think. Tell me what your own view of the elevator is. If you've never seen it, watch it. And then tell me what you think right afterwards. First impression, man. Just let me know. Don't let anything I said sway you one way or the other. Tell me your first impression. All the social media links are on the website, as well as the link to get to our Patreon account where you can get early access to shows, bonus stuff, giveaways at certain tiers. Check it out, man. Speaking of the patrons, shout out to them. The Kunkel Homestead YouTube channel, Michelle, Donald, David, Kristen. You guys really keep this thing going. Special shout out to the Curtis Rose Show YouTube channel. Not anything like this whatsoever. <laughs> he does kind of nerdy you know, video game rants and product reviews. Just a real, I'm a big fan of his, and he's a major supporter of the show. So shout out to the Curtis Rose Show on YouTube. Check him out. Still a small channel right now, but he is fucking growing, man. Growing like a weed. It's awesome to see it. So, uh, yeah, that's it, guys. Thank you for listening to this newest episode of Strange Places. I really wanted to do this one for a while. 
And uh, yeah, we're left with the obvious conclusion, right? Will we ever run out of strange places? I don't think so. Because every town has a strange place. And maybe one day, we'll visit yours. <laughs>